It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. It is Steelers week, as I mentioned, and did I say hate the Steelers or did I say talk about the Steelers game? I I get those mixed up sometimes, but we will talk about what Mike Tomlin had to say in his Tuesday (laughs) press conference. We'll talk about the upcoming Bengals game a little bit, but first, James, I think after we thank our listeners for making us their first listen, and apologies if you missed us on your Tuesday commute to work. We had some publication issues, and hopefully those don't recur going forward. We're going to talk about the NFL's decision to flex Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes' division matchup against the Denver Broncos into Sunday Night Football in two weeks instead of upcoming rising star second-year quarterbacks Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow competing for a playoff spot into prime time on Sunday night next week. Now, personally, I'm happy about this because it means we're not podcasting at two in the morning Eastern time. But <laughs> as a fan, I definitely feel some some disappointment as a person who has enjoyed recently a primetime game in Paul Brown Stadium. I'm a little bit disappointed. That was a lot of fun. So I'm disappointed for the fans and the players who I'm sure would have embraced it and looked forward to that. But for the Bengals, there there are some upsides, right? The the West Coast team playing early on a road trip east. So you got that going. James, what are your thoughts? Should the Bengals have been flexed instead of Kansas City and Denver? Well, well let's look at it from an NFL perspective. Uh Teddy Bridgewater, what where does he rank on the the you know the the quartet of Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Teddy Bridgewater? It might not be that order, but we all know Teddy Bridgewater's fourth, and no one gives a damn if he's on the field or not because no one cares. Like he's not moving the meter. So the NFL got this wrong, 100% got it wrong. I don't know who made this decision. It's ridiculous. And, yeah, you're going to have the pool because of Patrick Mahomes and fantasy football, and my fantasy team is certainly rooting for Patrick Mahomes to have a big week 13. That being said, 
the storylines of Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow going head to head and, you know, this uh, whiz crazy number one pick who's leading this franchise back to relevance versus honestly a guy in Herbert who has already proven a ton of doubters wrong might end up being, and I get it's locked on Bengals, but I think there is a scenario where he's the best quarterback in that 2020 draft class. A lot of people would say he's been the best quarterback in that 2020 draft class so far, not Joe Burrow. That's a story. That's what people should want to see. That's what I think people would tune in to see. So the NFL got this wrong. Now, from our perspective and selfishly from my perspective, the idea of an 820 kick at Paul Brown Stadium, ladies and gentlemen, I won't get out of Paul Brown Stadium if they play a Sunday game until 3 at, at minimum, you know, at the, at the earliest 3 a.m. So uh, I'm okay with it, that part of it. But I think the NFL got it wrong. And so when I – fans don't give a damn how late I'm there at Paul Brown Stadium. The hell they might want me to sleep there and broadcast from locked on – you know, the locked on Bengals studios inside Paul Brown Stadium. That sounds like a good idea. Maybe we should get with the Bengals so they can do that. Uh, so I get it. I get the outrage. I get people that are upset about it. Um, but I do have one football point because I, I've been rambling. A one o'clock kick, well, one o'clock in Jake's time zone and the Chargers time zone in the West Coast is 10 a.m. I don't know, man. Maybe the Chargers aren't as up for this game and a little sleepwalking through this game and a game that's going to matter a ton, I think, to the AFC playoff race. Might might have a, a football edge there, just a little bit of one. Uh, so it it may benefit the Bengals long term. And, and it has nothing to do, by the way, with the primetime stuff. I don't buy into that uh, for the Bengals. But yeah, it's. Uh, I get why fans are upset. Long story short. Yeah, I, I totally understand and empathize with the fan perspective and the player perspective again because I I know you talk to players, they like those primetime games. They get up a little bit more for those primetime games. I'm sure Burrow would want to be going out at Herbert in, in the under the lights to show the world that he's QB one in the 2020 draft class. Yeah, I'm sure that's a storyline in his head to some degree because he got to do it against Trevor Lawrence. He got to extend his undefeated record, I guess 2-0, against Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, good for him there. But uh, unfortunately, uh, for the fans, for the players, for the teams, for the spotlight on the city of Cincinnati, no primetime game. As you point out, there is some historical evidence that West Coast teams traveling east do have some struggles with the 10 a.m. game. I personally... As, as everybody knows at this point, love the 10 a.m. game and think the 4 p.m. kickoff should be abolished because uh, waiting for the team you care about to play football is brutal. So at least we don't have to wait. You know, there's some upsides there. You get to, if you're me, wake up, turn the Bengals game on on Sunday. It's great. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a shame that they don't get that game in prime time. I agree with you from a storyline perspective. Seems like it would be very easy to sell Herbert Burrow as these budding stars. At the same time, I guess you think about, you know, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, sure. Those two guys are are coming up, but the Bengals have picked in the top five the last two years. The Chargers are, you know, they've had their success, but are like one of these cursed franchises like the Vikings and the Bengals and the Browns and all these teams that are like, it's going to take a little bit of time. Maybe if this game is next year, it's scheduled for prime time from the start and you don't even need to flex it. But this year, 
coming off the year the Bengals had last year, four twelve and one or whatever, four eleven and one. Uh, it's just it, it'll take. There's a little lag time, right? I I guess so, and it's it's unfortunate because no one is going to want to watch Teddy Bridgewater throw it to Tim Patrick. Hey, Teddy Bridgewater, no. first round pick. Tim Patrick, freshly extended wide receiver, along with Cortland Sutton out in Denver, man. And good players, right? <laughs> no one knows who the hell Tim Patrick is if you don't play fantasy football or if, if you're a Broncos fan. Nobody. Zero. So, sorry. Storylines-wise, not even close. Vic Fangio. I mean, come on. What are we doing? Literally, the Chiefs are going to beat the Broncos by 500. It, it's going <laughs> to be 500 to 3. 500 okay. to 3. I checked with Bet Online, and the over-under in that game is like 53 take the over because it's going to be 500 to three. Good job, NFL. Good job. You know, so if I was NBC, I'd be like, hell no. Chris Collinsworth, you, you can't help out. the. Ba- I know it's not his call, by the way. I know it. I know. I just, but man, what, what is going on? It, it literally, it's going to be 500 to three. It is worth noting on the note and the mention of NBC and Chris Collinsworth there, this game was moved from Fox to CBS. CBS said, no, you can't have that AFC game. We're taking it. And so maybe it'll be a Tony Romo game, at least. Maybe we'll get our second dose of Tony Romo and, and the A crew from CBS after be. they flex their Let's muscle to get the game back. Yeah, uh, speaking sorry, of I keep talking over you. Let's see if the, uh, CBS is, is smart enough to do that, because having Romo on the broadcast with those two quarterbacks make a lot of sense. Yeah, that seems like a no brainer. Uh, speaking of over-unders, James, you were way off on the Vegas Bengals over-under just to point that out. So what? maybe I'm just saying, maybe like, don't listen to James about over. I, I wasn't that far off. You said you you had it like at 60 something. Yeah. Like but, but 30, I said, take the 35. over. I, I said, take the over. So in, in the, it, I ended up being like a touchdown short. All right. Look, I'm sorry. Oh, Derek Carr continues to forget Darren Waller's on the team. <laughs> All right. I'm Sorry about that. You know, it it, it's not my fault. The Bengals did their part. The Raiders well, show up. It's the score. I mean, well, how, how many plays did they run? 44 or something? Good. You know, it's a testament to the Bengals, but also yep. Raiders. What the hell are you doing? Well, that's enough probably <laughs> talk about Bengals, Raiders, and overs and unders. Or is it? Well, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who everybody that watches this podcast for a long time knows I love to hate. And it's time to start thinking about Steelers week number two. We'll get into that coming up next. But it's never not time. It's always time to talk over-unders and in sports and spreads like the Bengals being favored over the Steelers. And it's Thanksgiving week, which means football, 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 Thursday, football, 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 Sunday. You got Bearcat University of Cincinnati, my Bearcats, on Friday, you got plenty of college football on Saturday. You know what that means? You go to betonline.ag right now, and you can wager on all of the sports action, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college football. Maybe you want to you know, dip your toe in a little NBA. My boy Steph Curry and the Warriors continue to ball out. You can head to betonline.ag right now. Check out their new updated desktop or mobile website. It is awesome and super user-friendly, really easy to use. And right now, you're going to get free money, baby. Everybody likes free money. You sign up at betonline.ag, and when you make that first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Take advantage of the free money. Maybe throw it down on Joey B and the Bengals to beat the Steelers. Maybe it's 
offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. Everyone was chasing Chase. Now is it Mac Jones's time to shine? We'll see, but you can wager on both of those guys and more in one spot. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And BetOnline, they're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. So get there right now. BetOnline.ag. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That rookie of the year race is probably something we'll have to talk about at some point because that's a QB award and Mac Jones is starting to do QB award winning things and Uh Jamar Chase has done not a whole lot for the last three weeks despite having that touchdown catch against the Raiders. So he's going to have to turn up and... Maybe he has some bulletin board material. We'll get to Mike Tomlin's comments in a few minutes. First, James, I want to start with the players. The Steelers are expecting to get back this week. They were missing against the Los Angeles Chargers, who, I mean, lucky for the Chargers, who end up in a really close game with the Steelers after pitching what should have been a blowout. And this was without the Steelers having T.J. Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Joe Hayden. Mm -hmm. Mike Tomlin speaking with the media on Tuesday indicated that they're expecting those guys to get back this week. And yes, the Bengals faced two of those three the first time around, but the most important player on the Steelers defense seems to be that they seem to go as TJ Wacos. Yeah, they have Cam Hayward. Yeah, they have Alex Highsmith and these other guys that contribute and are paid to, you know, play defense and do so at a high level. But TJ Watt being the elite edge rusher on that team makes everything go in much the same way Geno Atkins used to make the Bengals defense go despite there being other players on the team when Geno was around TJ Watt being back this week after he missed the first time out there is going to make a difference in what the Bengals can do to attack the to attack the Pittsburgh Steelers in a similar way I think to the way we saw them have to adjust to Max Crosby as that'll be the same matchup it'll be TJ Watt and Riley Reef going at it for mm-hmm. most of the day yeah. Oh, it, it seems like every week there's one of these dudes that it's just like, oh, and, you know, hopefully the, the Bengals get to a point where, you know, it's not such a oh, type face that you make when they have to face one of these edge rushers. But it's tough. Like these guys are even if you have a great tackle. Right. And, and I'm not saying Riley Reef is bad, but even if you have a stud right tackle, it's like, oh, man, you got to deal with T.J. Watt. Oh, you got to deal with Max Crosby. Like, it's just that tough. Um, but. Yeah, that's the big concern when you look at this first matchup and what they did in Pittsburgh, and then you you look at this one. The one thing you could do if you're any team and you want to, I don't know, frazzle the Bengals, but I don't know if that's the right word, but put the Bengals in a tough spot is if you're getting home with four, you don't have to blitz Burrow where he can diagnose it, and TJ Watt obviously gives them a chance at doing that. Now, they just got... Uh, they what for it was it 41 the chargers just it, it, it hung on the uh the state yeah it's 41 37 41 37 so so and i get it you know what difference maker but i still think that you know this bengals offense is capable of beating a tj watt included d 
defense and Minko probably be back, all that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a challenge and it's it's another wrinkle. And when you want to paint the the path for the Steelers to win this game, it probably starts not with Ben Roethlisberger. We always talk about the quarterbacks might start with TJ Watt and what he's able to do to Joe Burrow. It's worth noting that the first time these teams played, the Steelers blitzed Joe Burrow 31% of his 19 dropbacks. This was still week three, right? This was before the Bengals started dropping Joe Burrow back a ton and, and playing a lot of pass happy offense, which, you know, last week against the Raiders, they got back to the same idea of running the ball a little bit more. But 31% did, did the Steelers blitz against the Bengals without TJ Watt in that game against the Chargers. The Steelers also blitzed about 30% of the time. Does that change with TJ Watt? That's that's yeah. probably a pretty significant question because we've talked a lot about, and you just mentioned it, James, what this offense doesn't want to deal with. It seems it can get pressure with four. They want to deal with teams that have to blitz you to get pressure because Joe Burrow is going to dissect your blitz. He's done it all year. He did it against the Steelers. And he would do it again against the Steelers if given the opportunity, I, I would like to imagine. I'm sure the Steelers will have adjustments in store. They'll have some new things ready for Joe Burrow. You, th you go back to Burrow's rookie appearance against the Steelers, and it didn't go so well. He made adjustments the second time around, and now the Steelers get to make their adjustments to the adjustments. And Joe Burrow has to be ready for that on the fly. He's seen more looks. Zach Taylor has talked about this, right? He He's seen more. He's more able to recognize and make those adaptations on the fly. But all that being said, it's it's the same guys on that Pittsburgh defense that gave Joe Burrow a hell of a time the first time these teams played when Joe Burrow was on the Bengals last year. And he's going to need to be ready for whatever that counterpunch is. Maybe it is sending four more often and, and letting Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden and those guys in the secondary try to confuse him. Or maybe the Bengals can run it back, right? It's just going to be harder, you'd imagine, with TJ Watt coming back for this defense. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would expect some wrinkles, and I, I would expect some different things because if you're the Steelers, and you look at you know how you're going to win this game, I, I think. <clears throat> excuse me, you're probably comfortable with that you know with burrow dropping back a ton and and trying to confuse it you'd rather that than the other way where they're just kind of playing keep away essentially and they get out to the lead and they can roll with the game script because that's what happened in week three and they could just kind of coast almost outside of the early interception that burrow had the, the bengals are in the driver's seat for a lot of that game and you want to avoid that somehow because if you do What's Burrow done? He has thrown picks, and I know he, he broke that streak. He's still at 11. But if, if you're the Steelers, really, any team moving forward, that's going to be something that comes up and something that's discussed. Hey, he can, he'll give you the ball. He's going to take some chances and give you some opportunities to make some plays. So uh, that part of it uh, certainly comes into play. And this is the part of Zach Taylor and this coaching staff now. Had success. Blip responded well against Vegas. How do you handle the second round of division teams and adjust your offense and adjust everything that way? I think that's a, an interesting part of it as well because, you know, the Bengals have been a good team through 10 games. They really have. And these teams are going to adjust. They're going to do different things, and they're going to make life – I don't even want to say harder because it isn't harder if the Bengals are ready for it and they have their own bag of tricks. 
but it, they're going to have to win different, I would say, on Sunday against the Steelers than they had to in week three, just knowing how these division games go. That doesn't mean it's not going to be ugly. doesn't mean that they're not going to rely on the run game like they did uh, on uh, on Sunday against the Raiders, but uh, I think things might change a little bit. A couple things there. One, the Steelers are harder to run against than the Raiders because Cam Hayward exists on the Steelers, and the, the Raiders don't have one of those. By the way, real quick, Cam Hayward, and this is me saying this, someone who it's not like I'm saying I hate the Steelers or whatever during Steelers like you do, which I know our listeners love. Cam Hayward should be suspended. That was ridiculous. He punched Justin Herbert in the stomach. It's completely ridiculous. I don't understand it. He got mad because someone confronted him, and then he jumps down and punches ridiculous and by the way if something like that happens on sunday there better be about eight bengals players on hayward it, they, that cannot could you imagine if bro got hit like that we'd be calling for him to be suspended and he, he should have been suspended for sure if that happens on sunday the benches will clear straight up the benches will clear like it's been relatively calm between these teams for a while compared to the history mm-hmm. uh if that happens again and i don't think it will yeah Benches clearing incident, 100%. Speaking of history, uh, I got this idea from Jay Morrison to look into this. He, he was talking about the last time the Bengals beat the Steelers three times in a row. I pulled up the history of the teams. The Bengals won six games in a row against the Steelers from 1988 to 1991. 1990, sorry. 88, 89, and 90, they won six games. They haven't won three games in a row against the Steelers since then. They're currently on a two-game winning streak against the Steelers, going back to Ryan Finley's heroic efforts last year. And Joe Burrow has a chance. And this is a bet I would have taken last year. I was looking forward to Joe Burrow the second time so he can make the adjustments a little bit different this year because both teams will be adjusting. So an interesting historical trend. And in terms of recent history, we'll talk about what Mike Tomlin had to say, potentially providing some bulletin board material to Jamar Chase and the Cincinnati Bengals coming up next. The Bengals trying to make history? That's fine. They should probably do it with Built Bar. They should grab the best protein bar on the planet to fuel them all week long, not only for Steeler Week, but your week, my week, Jake's week. Built Bars, there's something for everybody. They have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited-time flavor. And the best part about them, look, they're quick, easy. You just throw them in your bag, and boom, you can have a post-workout snack that's protein-packed, covered in 100% chocolate, low sugar, low calories, high protein, or maybe you don't want to have a post-workout snack or you don't want to work out at all and you just want a healthier option throughout the day. Built Bar has something for you, whether it's raspberry, milk brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry barcia, and so much more. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So you got to go to Built.com. And when you check out Use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your order. It's that simple. Promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm stocked up right now. 
on my built bars, James. I don't know about yeah, you. I got boy. three boxes. I, I just got a sample pack of some new flavors in the mail yesterday. Ooh. So got some built puffs in there. Uh, let's talk Mike Tomlin comments. I was scrolling the, the Twitters yeah. this morning and you know, you have, you know how to say your name and I, I screw it up. Aditi. Uh, Aditi Kikabwala from the NFL network. She covers the Steelers and a couple things are interesting on her timeline. One, she points out that this is the second time in the last decade that every team in a division is 500 or better through week 11. The last time it happened was 2014. Also in the AFC North, the Steelers, Bengals, and Ravens that year went on to win 10-plus games, and all three teams made the playoffs. So just an interesting historical fact there while we're on the history train, that one from Aditi at the NFL Network. And she also tweeted this morning this this quote from mike tomlin about jamar chase and mm -hmm. it sounds for one like tomlin is really up for this game like similar to the last few weeks where we're hearing about a team who is is very motivated or at least is presenting themselves as very motivated you heard about it with the browns you heard about it with the raiders and mike tomlin saying he's He's uh, there's a little bit more. I don't remember if it was juice or sugar. I think it was sugar to the divisional game. So it's a little sweeter for them, a little bit more for them to chase. But he also said about Jamar Chase, he was asked about how he's been over on deep catches since week seven. He says that's plays on tape. There's been talent recognized and adjustments made. It seems like every year there's a talented young wide receiver who takes the league by storm in September and potential bulletin board material, right? Like, Oh yeah, he took the league by storm in September, but yeah, we figured him out. We're good. Yeah. We got it under wraps. And now a couple things here, I'm stirring the pot because it's fun. Uh, I'm a hundred percent sure that Tomlin was directly asked about this and he didn't bring it up on his own volition to disrespect Jamar chase. Cause that would be dumb. But also he talked about it happening to Chase Claypool last year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, bulletin board material, because we can do that. But, you know, let's not get crazy and pull a Logan Wilson says Lamar Jackson is a running back the way the national media did a few weeks ago either. Sure, I get that. Um, I also think it's disrespectful to compare Chase Claypool and Jamar Chase. That alone is ridiculous. I, I they just, both have it, chase it, in their name. It, it, correct. Right. And you know, they both cut some downfield balls, but like, just say that out loud. Like that is, that alone is disrespectful. And I get it. You put young receivers in this young receiver pot and you could say that, look, no, this is bulletin board material. And it's exactly what it is. You know, the league has adjusted to, to Jamar chase. Okay. So in the past three games, he has two touchdowns. <laughs> like I, in what a, a hundred and something yards. Like that's, I know it hasn't been crazy, but I think we all knew he would come back down to earth a little bit because no receiver does what he did through the first seven weeks. It was insane. It was just insane. And so, yeah, he came back down to earth a bit. He's still been really, really good. Uh, they've been this close. And if you're watching on YouTube, my fingers are just slightly apart as my voice cracked, uh, slightly apart here, uh, that close to, to making multiple plays downfield the past couple of weeks. It's going to happen, and it's probably going to happen now against the Steelers because Mike Tomlin said that. And I got to be honest with you. I look at that Steelers defense with TJ Watt, with Minka Fitzpatrick, who hasn't played great this year, 
I think Chase can get open and have a big day. I, I don't look at it as the Steelers defense where they're going to have to, you know, win 15 to 13. I don't think it's that. I don't think that's what they're dealing with. And, uh, you know, maybe um, Mike Tomlin should have been more worried about Mike Williams than, than that. Because I, I got news for you. Mike Williams had that game-winning touchdown on the broken play and all that stuff. Chase, Jamar Chase right now. And I know Williams is having a good year. Jamar Chase is a better receiver right now than Mike Williams. So good luck. I mean, that's not a controversial statement at all, I don't think. Uh, the, the Steelers' defense ha has been injured this year, to be fair to the Steelers' defense a little bit, I guess. But they they rank very poorly in DVOA. That's why I'm looking over here at my other monitor. They're 26 in the league in passing DVOA, which, to be fair, is not a whole lot better than the Raiders, who are 23rd, or it's not a whole lot worse than the Raiders, who are 23rd. They're also 16th in rush defense. So it's not like they're blowing the league off or blowing the doors off the league in terms of run defense either. So there's an opportunity here for Joe Mixon as well. So, so if they do need to lean on the run game again, it's potentially there. It's a little bit of a harder matchup in terms of the individual matchups in the offensive line. Trey Hopkins has always struggled with the power from Cam Hayward and Hakeem Adeniji is going to be getting his first dose of the Pittsburgh defensive line. And, you know, it, it might be a little bit more juiced up this time than it was the last time these teams played. But to your point, it's not like the Steelers defense has been great this year, despite having mm -hmm. the pieces, despite the reputation, despite the history, there are points to be scored. And that's why I remain optimistic. Like I, I think it could probably be a close game because beating the same team twice in a year is hard. And the Bengals, as we just discussed, haven't been able to string together success against the Steelers. But you have this opportunity with Joe Burrow to say, hey, this is a new era of Bengals football. And yep. we're not going to go back to the 90s and the 2000s and the 2010s where we had a hard time winning and, and the Steelers won 75% of these games because you have a quarterback that's falling off in Ben Roethlisberger. The Bengals bottled up the Steelers offense the first time around. I mean, we were we were laughing at the Steelers offense. Literally, all they could do was throw checkdowns to Najee Harris in that game. That can't be your offense in the NFL. And well, if it is again, and the Bengals find a way to deal with the rest of it, because baby arm Ben and, and old man Ben over there can't get the ball downfield anymore, well, could be another long day for the Steelers. But going to be a tough division game despite all of that said there's just those are the reasons that i have some optimism and some hope for the bengals to get to seven and four and i guess it's a sidebar that we won't get into today they're, they're so close to being you know nine and two instead but but anyway mm -hmm. that's another conversation yeah uh, a couple things uh i think deontay johnson's gonna change it the dude's a baller i mean he's Can't just catch. such a good he can this year. He can this year. Can I know he? people are like sure? crush it. Yeah, dude. Are you sure? He's good. And so he I'm didn't play last, last matchup. Um, but no, he's good. And so that's going to change their offense some. But no, I, th I think it's going to be a close game. And by the way, the Steelers have bulletin board material too. I, I If I'm Mike Tomlin, I keep playing that. And I, I posted it somewhere. I don't think we played it on the podcast. I, I have it up on all Bengals. Of Tyler Boyd saying, hey, they gave up. All right, I would play that over and over and over. But that's what these division games are supposed to be. They're supposed to be full of bulletin board material. They're supposed to be juiced up with uh, stakes on both sides. And that's what Sunday is. Ben Roethlisberger 
one essentially last dance at Paul Brown Stadium potentially. How does he do after dominating there for the past decade and a half? On the flip side, is it the new era that you mentioned? And does Joe Burrow guide his team and find Jamar Chase deep downfield for 52 touchdowns? I don't know. I think he would have on Sunday night football against the Chargers, but the you know the, the NFL didn't flex them like they should have. So going all the way back to the beginning of the episode, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Yeah, Jamar Chase did torch the Steelers the first time around. So we'll torch. see if that can happen again. You're right. Deontay Johnson has one drop this year. Those drops have instead moved over to Chase Claypool, who's dropping about 10% of the passes thrown his way, which, by the way, is 10%. the same rate as Jamar Chase, give or take. So before you 10% hate on it too sounds much, like a lot. It does. But if it's like six out of 60, you know. It's, yeah. And, and if you're making plays like Chase. Yeah. Again, well, Claypool and Chase in the, in the same sentence is ridiculous. Keep going. Yeah, well, I know you know that. But, you know, if the if the shoe fits, you talk about it. That's that's the saying, right? We're going to have Chris Carter from Locked on Steelers on. We're going to be missing an episode this week. It is Thanksgiving, so we're only going to have four episodes this week. And the last one of the week will be our crossover with dear old Chris. Every Locked on Bengals listener's favorite locked on host we'll be talking with him soon for the crossover episode and a game preview and until then Bengals fans who day and have a good one if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.